Coming to you live from Pippin's Tavern in Chicago, I'm talking with old Reduce Shakespeare Company member Jerry Kernian, who is in town playing Colonel Tom Parker, the Richard III to Elvis Presley's Iago. Do I have that right? Shall I do my now is the winter of my discontent monologue now, or? Oh, save it, save it. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 608, Colonel Tom Parker. So you're in this production of Heartbreak Hotel, written and directed by one of the guys who created Million Dollar Quartet. It's a, well, it's a musical about Elvis Presley, but it's not, it's kind of a musical. I, I mean, I had many dramaturgical issues with it, oh, yeah. but you, as Colonel Tom Parker, bring such great um, tension and strength and heat and real drama to what's basically um, a, a behind the scene, behind the music, an Elvis Presley behind the music MTV uh, play. Yes, it's a it's a jukebox musical that wants to be more than that, and I think at times we hit that. And if we were, if everything, every problem was fixed, yeah. we would be more than that. It's still a work in progress. It's a work in progress, <laughs> unfortunately, at this point, four years later, <laughs> they called somebody called it a docu musical, and I think that's kind of apropos. That's really good. That's that's really good. Especially with the way he chooses to tell the story. The, the, the guy that wrote it and created it is a filmmaker by trade, or was, and he decided to write a film and put it on stage, oh, yeah. but not tell anybody else. <laughs> well, it's, well the, the, his secret is safe with us. Oh, yes, I know, I know. Um, but, so, and you're playing Colonel Tom Parker, who was, uh, Richard III is wrong, Iago's wrong, but he was, he was, he's a checkered figure in the, his, in the story of Elvis Presley. And, and, and and let's talk about let's talk about the colonel from what you've done in your research. Well, okay, it's just, this is a lot. A lot of people don't know anything more about Colonel Tom than he was kind of an asshole, but also responsible for Elvis. It turns turns out there was a lot more. This guy was from um, uh, Holland. He was born and raised in Holland. His original name was Andres van der Kuyk. Wow. And he left Holland because, supposedly, he murdered somebody. He murdered somebody, left Holland, came over to uh, uh, Virginia around the 40s and reinvented himself in the Carney world because he knew at that time the Carneys moved every week and he couldn't get caught. He figured they wouldn't track him down. So the colonel thing didn't come until a little bit later. And, but but he was never in the army, he was never in anything. He just, he invented that name to give him status, to give himself status, and to keep the cops off of him because he felt like if he had been in the military, nobody would question his his moral, his mores or, or his, you know, his values. And did he come across his big southern persona honestly? Did he settle in the south or is that all a put on? No, he married into that and then saw it and in the carny world obviously was very kind of southern and a white trash and so he picked up that accent and made made that his thing yeah. and uh, you know it's it, there's a couple things in the play 
way where I go against the southern accent on purpose just to kind of honor that nobody knows it but me and that's usually what most of my work is like that but so that's fantastic a actor wanking well done it is actor wanking but I, but it's still to, you know to this day I'm like no that's the research I've done bears that out so I want to keep that and uh, and yeah he I, I try not to look at him and, and, and you know this because you you played bad guys you know in, in on stage and in real life um, constantly constantly uh, ask your wife uh, but I try to not make it so that he's uh, he's a bad guy right I try to make it that he's doing the right thing and well, he's doing the right thing for Elvis and it happens to benefit him as well well and that therein lies the argument about this whole relationship and this whole show the conflict of the show right. did Elvis did Elvis become Elvis because of Elvis or did he become Elvis because of Colonel Tom? Yeah, right. He didn't become it because of Sam Phillips. If he'd have stayed with Sam Phillips in some records, he would have, wouldn't have had near the exposure right. that Colonel Tom got it. Right. He. That's interesting. That's interesting. He might He might still be alive, but he wouldn't be Elvis Presley. That's a good point. Yeah. Wow, you figure out which would be better. I don't <laughs> right, know, right? Right, right, right. I mean, you know, ask his children. Wait, I just watched something. I just I, I need to look this up. I just watched a thing where the lead actress or one of the lead actresses. I went, who is this gal? Turns out she's Elvis's granddaughter. Oh, yeah. Elvis's granddaughter, oh, no. Priscilla's daughter. She's fantastic. Um, Riley, yes, Riley Keough or something like That's that. That's right. That's right. She was. Uh, she did a, a series, a British series called Girlfriend Experience, I believe. Okay. And then uh, she's done some other stuff. She's she's really good. I saw her in something else, and I went, who is this gal? And she's Elvis's granddaughter. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and she's really, really good. So there's there's some talent in that family, regardless of the colonel. Yes, absolutely. But and, and you know the, the the big thing is maybe Elvis would have been Elvis. Right. Certainly he would have. He was so talented. Of course he would have been something. Yeah. But would he have been everything the colonel made him that got him to? Right. Right. Um, or maybe more. Yeah. You know that's the question because. There was also things that the colonel wouldn't do. Right. Now, because of what I just told you about the murder, yeah. colonel wouldn't let Elvis tour overseas because because oh. he was afraid he would get extradited. Oh. Colonel would get extradited, not Elvis. So, right. so he was he was very um, apprehensive about letting Elvis go play European. So Elvis didn't, and Elvis listened to him. Yeah. And as you saw in the play, we have that scene about the 50-50. Yeah. You know, 50-50, even at that time, was extremely onerous yeah. and, and ridiculous. Yeah. But Elvis was a man of his word. And when Colonel told that to him, it was at a very vulnerable time, which is what we represent in this show. Right. That first 18 months of his career. And uh, Colonel got him when he didn't know better. But to his credit, Elvis honored that the day he died. It only finally got rectified um, by Priscilla coming and got it, getting lawyers and saying, all right, this can't keep going on. Right. So. Oh, that's very interesting. So there is a happy ending after Elvis died, years after Elvis died. Yeah, I believe so. I, I believe, you know, I mean, there won't be ever money that comes back, but but certainly anything going forward mostly goes to the the, um, the one of one of our producers, which is uh, ABG Authentic Brands Group, which deals with all of Elvis's anything Elvis related now, and they're one of our producers, and they came in on this. 
about two years ago. Well, very helpful. Well, and that and that's one of the great things about the production is that it's got all this. It's truly all, all, all this authentic Elvis imagery and and and, and costume looks and the big uh, um, the big neon Elvis sign from the. It's not neon. It's bulbs. Yeah. Yeah. From the uh, from the '68 comeback special, yeah. which is actually, if you're listening to this, uh, look it up because it's going to be rebroadcast in theaters in about a month or two on the big screen. Oh, cool. It is. I've watched it a number of times. It is fantastic. Yeah. And the funny story about that was Colonel wanted that 68 comeback special. This was after Elvis went into the Army and he came back and this was the big comeback special. It was supposed to be a holiday show of a holiday, a Christmas variety show. And which is why Elvis sings Blue Christmas in it. Right. But the rest of it is not. The rest of it was Elvis saying, I, I want to do this, I want to do this, and I got to do this for my comeback. Wow. And it turned out to be, uh, really was his big comeback. You know, it was the start of his last 10 years of his career. Hello. As far as I know, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still on our summer break, but you can still get plenty of incredibly reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And our next batch of tour dates is now online. We're sending out 11 different actors and three, possibly four different stage managers this season to perform William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged, The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged, and the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised in 30 different cities in 18 different states. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with our own Jerry Kernian, now playing Colonel Tom Parker in the new jukebox musical, Heartbreak. Hotel. So we've talked about Colonel Tom Parker, the man. Let's talk about the role as you've played him. It's a great, well, it's a great role, first of all, but it's a great role for you. I mean, it seems to be a good match in terms of physicality, in terms of size, in terms of the the conflict you bring, the exposition you have to say, but the way that you manage to make it personal and and from a character point of view, it doesn't feel like exposition anymore. Yeah, well, you were obviously sleeping. Um, no, it, no, it is. It, it's as I told you before. It's challenging because of who he was, but that also gives me license. Yeah. And it gives me a lot of license. <laughs> and uh, and so within this play, even though a lot of my my lines are expositional and and uh, repetitive sometimes, it gives me license to really show who this guy was. And he was a carny huckster. Right. And that's how. That's all he knew. Yeah. So he was not a. I mean, he had ma- 
managed um, one person before Elvis. I believe the guy's name was Eddie Arnold, maybe. I, I, I could be a little wrong with that, but but that was his one client. Yeah. So Elvis was his second client. Yeah. And he gave he, he sold Eddie Arnold's contract and went just with Elvis. So everything he knew, he knew from Elvis. Right. And but he didn't see Elvis as a. I, I think I think there was a father-son relationship that developed, but at first it was a product. Elvis was a product, and Tom was selling him as that. Well, and you've got to find, I mean, as an actor, you've got to find the relationship with your fellow actor who's playing Elvis. Uh, uh, Eddie, what's his name? Eddie Clendenning. Who's, He's, uh, look him up. He's uh, been a musician since he was, uh, let's see, since he dropped out of school in eighth grade oh, wow. and been doing rockabilly music, and he is Elvis personified. He is phenomenal. He's phenomenal, and he's so charming and appealing, and you are so, as Colonel Tom, not that. Yeah. Um, so the scenes between you crackle with a kind of a conflict, but you see that thing that you're talking about, this this father-son thing that drives, it's not just the music that drives the show, it's the conflict between you guys and Elvis struggling with with his relationship with you and versus his relationship with Sam Phillips and, and, and the gal he left behind. Yeah, and I think that that's somewhat representative. I, I think more representative than, than not about what he was really dealing with because Elvis wanted fame, obviously. He, it was not it was not a, you know, it wasn't like he was trying to avoid it. He wanted it and he saw the path and Colonel Tom showed it to him. If, if Sam Phillips would have absolutely taken care of Elvis like a son because I think they even had a more father-son relationship but the colonel was the one that could get Elvis the, the diamonds, you know, could get him what he really wanted. Right. And so Elvis gave over to that and honored his, his pact with him. And frankly, I think, I really believe now, and, and again, I might be a little bit um, a little bit wrong because I, I, I am the colonel, sure. is that I really believe that colonel made him what he was. Yeah. And colonel was responsible for the Elvis that we know today rather than the Elvis that maybe you would have known if Sam Phillips had kept his contract. That's amazing. So you're, you're performing here in Chicago at least through the end of September, Heartbreak Hotel. Um, but as you were telling me before we started recording, you're, you've pulled up stakes out of Los Angeles? You've left Los Angeles for the big city of big shoulders here? You're, you're moving to Chicago, Cherry? Well, I had a friend. Uh, Austin Tichenor? Tichenor? Never heard of him. Never heard of him. He did it a while ago, and I was like, I like to do what Austin does. <laughs> Clearly any fool Clearly, can... Yes. No, I, I, you know what, It's it, these days, what's so great is that Chicago, Atlanta, New York, L.A. are all markets that we can work in, yeah. that there's other stuff. So it was not very much a, a sacrifice to say, oh, I'll come here to do a great job and then also see what happens. Right. And I, I think... Uh, despite some of its downfalls, this musical is going to keep going. Right. There are there are many other places that we're going, and uh, but I thought I love I love Chicago. I went to high school here a long, long time ago, and I wanted an excuse to come back to the city, and um, and this was a perfect excuse. And I I'm so glad we're living right downtown. Yeah. We're experiencing all that Chicago has to offer in the summertime, which is amazing. <laughs> 
in the summertime. Right. Yeah. Ask me in six months. Let's yeah, right. let's do this interview in six months. <laughs> I might be a little colder about it. But um, but no, and I have I still have high school friends here. I have my my some of my theater friends here, and uh, and the, the the theater market here is so great. I mean, I'm I'm jonesing. I want this show to go on, and, and right. the idea is that we will run here as long as MDQ did. But if if that doesn't happen. There's so many great theaters that I want to try to work at. Well, and 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 you've already with Heartbreak Hotel gone from coast to coast and a bunch of different cities around the country. And you were telling me it's likely to go to a bunch of other great uh, cities around the country. It's great to be based in Chicago, in the middle of the country, if you're doing a lot of touring around the country. Yeah, and you would know that very well, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I do indeed. It's one of my. Every time I hear about Reed and. Uh, Teddy Spencer having to, or Michael Faulkner having to or, uh, having to get up at four in the morning in in California to get a six a.m. flight to get to the East Coast. I go, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, that I'm living in Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of appealing. I mean, not just the city. The city's great, but yeah, the location is fantastic. It's closer to family. It's closer to everything. So we'll see. You know, uh, you know, we're we're supposed to go back out to Vegas at some point. We're supposed to go to London. We're supposed to go on tour. Whatever happens with that, this is not a bad place to call home to be able to go do that stuff, as you well know. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Heartbreak Hotel is running at the Broadway Playhouse in downtown Chicago through at least September of 2018. You can find out more information by Googling Heartbreak Hotel Chicago. Then send us your not-necessarily-good-guy historical figure via email to feedback at ReducedShakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at at Austin Titchener. Also, the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast now has its own dedicated Facebook page where you can suggest episode topics, ask questions, comment on recent episodes, or just generally kibitz with us and other podcast listeners. Find us and please like us on Facebook at RSC Podcast. Thanks as always to session guitarist Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Jason Williams. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to not the king, but possibly the court jester of rock and roll, Weird Al Yankovic. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 608, 1824ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. We'll leave you now with this rare recording of Elvis Presley himself covering Shakespeare's Sigh No More from Much Ado About Nothing. Sigh no more, lady, sigh no more Men were deceivers ever One for them see and one on shore To one thing constant ever And sigh not so, but let them go And be you blind and bonny Converting all your songs of woe To hey, naughty, naughty Sing no more, dear, dear, sing no more A love so dull and heavy The fraud of man was ever so Summer bird was heavy And sigh not so, but let them go And be you blind in my hand Can you 
Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.